we bless you this morning. We thank you for the anointing that will make the difference this morning. I give you praise, Father, that when we are weak, you are strong. Your strength is made perfect in our weakness. Let the poor say, I am rich. And let the weak say, I am strong. Anoint these lips of clay. Touch anybody who needs a breakthrough in their home this morning. Let this anointing touch their homes, their lives, their destiny, their children, their future. Preserve and protect them. I pray, Father, as I make sounds this morning, you make sense. But let the anointing flow this morning. In Jesus' mighty name. We all agree and say, Amen, amen and amen. Good morning to you. Social distance, high five somebody and say, You're looking better than the last time I seen you. Good morning to every single one of you online. God bless you. It is wonderful to have you in the house this morning. I don't know if you're ready to dance this morning. I wanted you to check out something for me. If you've got, you got a clip for me, apparently there is a challenge going on. And this video has gone viral. If you can play it for me, I would appreciate it. tried it at home and you haven't taken out your plate of food and did your dance with the thing huh and here's the deal Jesus met with a guy one night and he's explaining about the fact that Jesus visited him and everybody asked what did he look like and nobody asked, what did he say? This video has gone viral. And I'm preparing my message for this morning. And the Holy Spirit says last night to me, listen, go and check the words of the song. People are more concerned that they get the steps right. But what are they singing? What are they singing? And nobody's asking. So I asked them, just confirm that this is the words. These are the words. Listen to the words. My place is not here. 
My kingdom is not here. Guard me. Walk with me. My place is not here. My kingdom is not here. Guard me. Walk with me. Guard me. Don't leave me here. Speaking about Jerusalem. Is this not the same message? Is this not the same place that Nehemiah had to go into and say, let's go and build something in Jerusalem? People are so carnal in their thinking that I'm not going to dance because I don't know the steps. But to think about the fact that they sing about a kingdom that is not of this world. So what you're discovering in the Old Testament concerning Nehemiah, you're finding, you're finding out that what was natural then is really spiritual for us. To understand spiritual truth and the power of what God is actually letting the world know. So you got the people that are drunk doing the dance, but you're a spiritual being and you need to understand what it means for you. Can we get into the word this morning? Because this Jerusalem that we're speaking about is so significant for this generation. The power of building yourself up spiritually, it's like, let the world dance to this, but let you understand what we're talking about. So Jerusalem has got these 12 gates. They're all burnt, the gates are burnt, the walls are down, and Nehemiah says it's time to build. So the people have a mind to work. So anytime you're going to build yourself spiritually, you then have to go into what we call Jerusalem and understand what Nehemiah did and those, the significant of, significance of those gates. Because this Jerusalem, when you, when you fly in to Jerusalem, and you watch the city. Put, put me up Psalms 122, please. This is the beginning of your spiritual journey. And there's supposed to be some progress in your life that was supposed to move you out of Jerusalem. Let me explain. I know this is not part of, I never gave you Psalms 122. I gave you about 102 other scriptures, but then I never gave you this one. So it's just like your pastor to do that, right? Just to keep you on your toes. I was glad. Listen to this. I was glad when they said to me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Our feet have been standing within your gates, O Jerusalem. So there's a temple inside. As a Jerusalem is powerful when you get there. It's is built as a city that is compact together. Where the tribes go up, every time you connect with the spiritual inheritance and understanding Jerusalem, God elevates your life. It's the place where people's lives are elevated. It's a, where the tribes go up. You will never ever decrease getting a part, being a part of God's kingdom and being understanding what Jerusalem means to you, and, and why the walls of Jerusalem. It says, where the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord, to the testimony of Israel, to give thanks to the name of the Lord. Is there anybody just thankful this morning to the Lord? 
For thrones are set there for judgment. The thrones of the house of David. Then it says, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. You got to keep tracking with me. I am on verse number six. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they prosper who love you. So I'm not just building my life with, well, I understand the, the 12 gates. No, it converts into prosperity. It sets you up for walking in peace and then moves you into a place of prosperity. Somebody say amen. amen. For the sake of my brethren and companions, I will now say, peace be within you. Because of the house of the Lord your God, I will seek your good. So, when you go into Jerusalem and you go and you, and you go and look at that city, it's such a compact space, but it is so complex. Everybody, every major religion understands that there's something spiritual significant about that. From Abraham to, 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 to Isaac and Jacob to King David and, and Mount Zion and how David's house got set up there. It's it's so amazing to go and study it. I mean, you know, they, they tell you it's like a layered cake. Um, you, you can't go to Israel once. You've got to go there and eat, them, eat Israel a layer at a time. If you eat all of it in one setting, you'll get sick. Because those walls were built and then rebuilt over the, over the decades. And, and it's changed quite a bit. But it's history and the power of that is so significant for your spiritual life and what it means for you to function in the kingdom of God that you need to understand the power of being in these walls that Nehemiah went to go and build. And when you get in there, you'll find that um, everybody, every, every major spiritual um, or, or religious, uh, your major religions, every single one of them have got their hands on a piece of Jerusalem. The Jewish people are there. The Muslims are there. The Christians are there. You go in there, it's, it's so complicated. You, you, I mean, you're trying to figure out all. It takes time to go through the Bible and to study all of that. But deep within that are your spiritual roots. And you need to understand the power of what it means to have these 12 walls built around you. Now listen how important this is. It is Acts chapter 4, Acts chapter 1 verse 4. Jerusalem means city of peace. And for many people that have got no peace in their lives, no peace with God, no peace within themselves, no peace with others, the enemy is always the wars that happens in that place. The kind of challenges that they're in, there's, it's everything but peace. They know that at any second, um, a, a, a missile could come. All their technology, the way they've set it up, is to, is to deal with missiles and, and, and protect themselves and borders and preserve themselves. They, they're at war every single day. They get up and, and go to bed knowing they're in a war. There's no peace. And yet the peace, the only peace they get is the peace that comes from God. Because it is called Jerusalem, the city of peace. And when you begin to get, when you get born again and you come into the kingdom of God, the number one thing that God must establish inside of you is not just to be fruitful first. It's first to find peace. That's why he gives you foundations. He sets you up in his kingdom. And your foundation you don't have to build because your foundation is found in Christ. 
but you form part of these of the walls you form part of the walls and so when you begin to develop your life um, I'll come back to Acts chapter 1 give me John chapter 5 and verse 39 every single one of these walls are it's it's in the Word of God that means your life gets built up in God's Word because every single one of them has a real spiritual significance for your peace which converts into prosperity because you can't build anything in times of war in times of war they're breaking down buildings they're not building up anything but these people out in your, your spiritual inheritance when you're going to Jerusalem you'll find them building like water plants the best water you can get in abundance in the desert where they had none they went and they ran and and they've they they got a a, a system um, it's it's the conversion of seawater into drinking water give me the name desalination plants in abundance the best when they grow their crops in the midst of that desert God's presence God's power the blessing of Abraham on the land I need somebody to hear me I'm trying to say this to you that in the midst of your storm in the midst of your fight you can still build because you are dealing with a Jerusalem which gives you peace to build I know there are enemies all around you but God says he can prepare a table for you in the presence of your enemy because God will anoint your head with oil God's gonna cause you you can't wait for everything to be peaceful before you do something for the kingdom of God come on somebody the enemy is trying to just distract you come on you're gonna have to build, learn how to build you're gonna have to learn like to be like Nehemiah when Nehemiah is on the wall he has a sword in one hand uh, and a trowel in the other hand uh, because I know there's an enemy but I'm gonna keep on building here come on everything else is a distraction let the devil know that you're gonna stay on the wall you're gonna build for your family in this season you're gonna allow the Holy Spirit to come and touch you I see you becoming fruitful I know I am preaching ahead of what I should be but I want somebody just to begin to clap their hands uh, and stir your spirit and say I know there's an enemy but devil you're gonna stay in your box we're gonna keep on building come on somebody we're not getting off from this wall tell the devil tell Sanballat and Tobiah they can go to hell because we are in the kingdom of God and the peace of God is gonna rule in our hearts we know that there's a COVID pandemic but the devil is a liar we're gonna flourish in the midst of a pandemic I know we are in a desert but God's gonna make a way in a desert God's gonna make sure that we overcome no matter what we are dealing with I know your enemies all around you but you can have peace and you can sleep because the Lord's gonna build this house and if the Lord builds the house your labor's not in vain if the Lord watches over the city the watchman awake but not in vain because God is doing this thing I need somebody to begin to believe the Lord with me that something good is going on here tell them I'm gonna prosper in the midst of my fight 
shout it out. Say, I'm going to prosper. I know you're after my marriage. I know there's a threat of divorce. I know there's a fight concerning my health. I know that my money is under siege. But I'm going to keep on building for the kingdom of God. I'm going to stand and keep on building. I'm going to fight when everything is said and done. You're going to see the fruit of my life. There it is. Somebody shout. You're going to see God do a mighty work. God doesn't need peace all around me to build my life. Glory. John 5.39 says, You search the scriptures. For in them you think you have eternal life. And these are they which testify of me. Jesus is the word. So every gate is where Jesus is found in every one of those gates. It's only testifying about Jesus. It's just speaking about a New Testament reality. That's bringing you into a place of greater peace and victory in the midst of every single storm. So, as we go through these gates, put up the 12 gates for me quickly. And see the power of these 12 gates. So you have the sheep gate, the fish gate. Sheep gate deals with there's only one way to come in. He's the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus, you must receive him. Number two is the fish gate. The fish gate represents community. It's really important to understand the, f- the fish gate because it's not only making you fishes of men, but local churches are God's system of operation and God's greatest machinery on the earth. That's why there is no way we're getting to a place where there's not going to be church. While the church is here, we're going to have church. While I said while we are still on this earth, we are going to have church. He says, do not forsake the gathering of the saints. In these last days, the Holy Spirit is going to be building strong churches, Kenneth Hagin said. I am telling you, it's the machinery that God uses. He's going to use ordinary people to do extraordinary things. Look at your neighbor and say, he's talking about you. Pastor's preaching about you. Because when Nehemiah goes to go and build the wall, the Bible says he went and he used burnt stones. Now, you've been burnt by religion. You've been burnt by a father that wasn't there. You've been burnt by another man that divorced you. You were burnt by companies that let you go. You were burnt, burnt, burnt. I don't know what you got burnt with. But God's going to use that stone, that thing that you got burnt with. God's going to build your life up. Come on, somebody. Because you were made to make a difference. And God's putting you in his local church. Towser said, the New Testament church is built after a systematic pattern. Not the doctrine only, but the methods are divinely given. So he also said that heresy of method is as deadly as heresy of doctrine. So sometimes you can have the absolute wrong doctrine trying to do the right thing and you still don't come with a result. Or you can have the right doctrine but the wrong method or the wrong um, um, disciplines 
That's the reason why when you come into the walls of, near, of, of Jerusalem, now go with me quickly to, to Acts chapter 2. I'll come back to the 12 gates. Acts chapter 2, what did I say? Verse, 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 verse. Acts chapter 1, verse 4. Sorry. And being assembled together, watch now. Jesus ascends. He gives them instruction. Being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem. Because that's the entry point for any person that's born again. Somebody that needs to find their life in God. That's a spiritual significance. But look, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you've heard from me. Verse 5, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Verse 6, will you restore the kingdom, they asked. Verse 7, and he said to them, it's not for you to know the times or the seasons, but the Father's put in his own authority. But here's verse 8. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me where? You start in Jerusalem. That's your foundational issue. That's when you build yourself up. You build yourself up starting in Jerusalem. And in all Judea, look at the next step, and Samaria, and to the outer end of the earth. Most of the people we speak about, they know they, some of the people got a, a call upon their lives. All they want to do is go and reach the world. That's not the start. You start in Jerusalem. And you build yourself up around the 12 gates. Here's two groups of people, I, most of them that I discover. is a young man that he's, he's, he feels he's anointed and he's got a, a bit of a mouth on him and he knows how to work social media. And he wants to reach the globe. But he's got no understanding about Jerusalem. Then you find others that all they've done is stay in Jerusalem. This gate, that gate, go to the sheep gate, then go to the fish gate, the community gate, and irritate everybody in the church. Get offended with all, and I'm serious. Because God's machinery in building the church, there's, there's an end game to all of this. There's a, the fact that, I communicate, that I'm connecting with other people because this is God's machinery. And so when you get involved in this, it's, it's better not to serve than to serve and become a, a, an offense. Somebody say amen. In the church, um, training evangelism and discipleship is a royal command by God himself. So this becomes your discipleship. This becomes your development. This is, this is not... This platform is not for show. This platform is because it's an altar before the Lord. We take days and for preparation from songs. and I'm, I'm not trying to do anything here that is not going to... I, I don't allow anybody to take the mic here. That's not going to impact or help or build somebody's life. And you need to respect that. When you've been given the mic, you must respect that. This is training and evangelism and discipleship. Because the end game is that somebody across the globe needs help this morning. But it's to build someone's life so they can become all that God has called them to be. Every one of us has been set by God to be in his house. If all God wanted us to be was born again, then he wouldn't have died. 
Because after salvation, there is service. You must form part of God's family. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 4 to 5. You are a burnt stone. You got affected by religious systems. But when you come into the kingdom of God, look at God's intent. 1 Peter 2, verse 5. Coming to him as a... To him as a living stone, rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and precious. You also, look at your neighbor and give them just one of those looks that you, sh- you, know, you normally give when you're a little irritated. Oh, you don't, do, you don't have that. You don't have that. It's like anybody that, any of the sons or the leaders in my presence, they will know when I'm irritated with what they're doing. Because there's a look. Some of you have never gotten that look from God yet. When God says, I'm displeased with what you're doing. Give, that, give them that look. Say, so you also, as living stones are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. God's building you up. Number three, let's go back to the gates. The old gate, I've got to get into my message. The old gate deals with your faith. You've got to be taught how to walk by faith and understand how powerful it is to Uh, Without faith, it is impossible to please the Lord. Number four, valley gates. Many of you are in valley seasons right now. It's this place of humility where God is working with you in your valley season. The fountain gate is there. Did I miss one? The dung gate, did I miss it? Did I give you the old old gate? The, The valley gate. The fountain gate is your work with the Holy Spirit. The water gate, I missed one where the 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 dung gate is. Glory, I got it all. Okay, cool. Number eight is the horse gate. We touched on that. There must be a prophetic word for your life. You, you, you fight a good warfare by the, by the prophetic word. Tough seasons. I bring out my prophetic word and I say, this is what God has promised of my life. When I can't see anything and I take out the word of God and I begin to pray. And you pray in the Holy Ghost and say, Father, this is the promise of my family. This is the promise of my children. Everyone's going to come into a place where you're going to have to deal with an enemy that's trying to rob you of your future. And you're going to tell the devil to go to hell. Like this morning, in Jesus' name. The East Gate deals with his mercies are new every morning. That's point number nine. Let's wrap up today. Let's, let's get into tonight's, this morning's session. Let's go to 10 and 11 and even 12 of it. So, the Mufgate, Mufcad Gate speaks of the judgment that will follow. A judgment that will follow. Now you need to know that you will not be judged for your sin. You don't believe me? You will not be judged for your sin. There is something called the law of double jeopardy. Meaning, you cannot be tried twice for the same crime. Was Jesus tried for your sins? Did he die for your sin? He was found guilty. He became sin. Who knew no sin? That you can be made the righteousness of God. You cannot be tried again for your sin. Some of you, it it will liberate somebody this morning. Because when you said yes to Jesus, he took your sin. In fact, you only came to the realization that 2,000 years ago, he died for your sin already. 
So you cannot be judged and tried for your sin again. Cannot happen. It cannot. Because when you stand in the presence of a holy God, all that God needed to do concerning judgment, concerning sin, He laid on Jesus Christ. And you are free. I thought that would have set somebody free this morning. Nehemiah chapter 3 verse 31 tells us about the Mifkat gate, but in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 11 speaks about the foundation that's found in Christ. So let's deal with this judgment. The judgment we're speaking about is rewards. The title of my sermon this morning is Eternal, a full reward. This is my prayer for you. That you will get a full reward for the work and the time that you've done, whatever you've done for the kingdom of God. So there are two things in eternity. Different, different thrones. The one that deals with judgment concerning sin. You will not stand before it because there's two questions in heaven. One is, what did you do with my son that I gave you? If you say I've received him, you go to the next one. This is the next question. If you haven't received him, don't bother. Because you're not going to go, you're not going to stay in that place. Because your name must be written in the Lamb's book of life. But once you've answered yes to Jesus on this one, your next question is, what did you do with the time I gave you and the gift I blessed you with? So most time when you ask people whether they will go to heaven or not, they often respond, it shall be known on the judgment day. The man in Christ is not going to be judged to determine whether he will go to heaven or hell because the choice to be in Christ has, been ma has made him free from the judgment of sin. Christ became sin and was judged on our behalf. There is therefore no condemnation for, though, for the man in Christ. Are you in Christ? Shout, I'm free this morning. Say there's no condemnation. The determination to be in heaven or hell is made and known on this earth before you die. Before you die. The Christian will stand before the judgment seat of Christ to be judged for rewards. His works of faith will be tested by fire. That's judgment. The judgment will be on the quality of his work, whether they are gold or straw, we should therefore do quality work of faith in Christ for a glorious reward. It's for this reason why we will take something like the book of Nehemiah and help somebody create a solid foundation and build their lives and their, the, 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 the walls of their lives because you need a solid foundation. Listen to me, child of God. If you don't know how things have started, you need to go back to the beginning because things don't end wrong, they start wrong. That means I can't come together in a marriage because of a business deal. Oh, it was good financially. That's not going to sustain your marriage. It better be built on something else. And I want to say this to somebody because God never gave Eve to Adam because of love. He gave her because of purpose. You better have the woman alongside you that understands that you have a purpose. Otherwise, she becomes an irritation. I'm not talking about you. Calm down. Just clap your hands. I'm not talking about you. 
we must know that every work of ministry or service done in Christ will be rewarded. If your work does not endure the judgment, you will have no reward, though you're still saved. So you're going to, you, people, God's going to reward people. Everyone gets rewarded. That's the reason why I've got to be a little bit more pedantic when it comes to making sure we lay out not just the books, but also that how we build ministry systematically is so that everybody can get their reward because there's coming a day when they'll say, this woman came out of Pastor Max's church. There'll be sons and daughters that'll come and walk alongside me and say, so what did Kingdom Life Embassy do? No, they sang songs and shouted at people on the stage. No, you're here to be fruitful. You are here to make a difference. And I'm not going to stop because I am your father to let you know. I will correct you. I'm going to deal with your life because your life must bring a return. Everything online, when you are busy with this, this is not about you listening to a sermon. Oh, amen, and that was really nice. No, tell me. Tell me because the one is the Mufkat gate, which deals with judgment. But the next gate is the reason why we need to be preaching about the next gate is because Ephraim is fruitfulness. So your life, because God's given you peace with him, because your life is built up, now your gift must make room for you. Because you can't stay in Jerusalem singing with your songs and making sure you got your food in your hand. The devil is a liar. You were supposed to produce some food for the kingdom of God. You were supposed to become fruitful for the kingdom of God. I need somebody, you, you, you look like you're shocked this morning. Oh yes, it's in the Bible. You better become fruitful. The unbeliever will face the judgment unto condemnation. He will be judged for not believing in Christ for salvation. Justification is therefore by faith in Christ, and condemnation is therefore unbelief in Christ. We are not saved by works, but we shall be rewarded for our works done in Christ. Oh, I was an usher. At least once a month I came. Really? What did you do with the rest of the 75 years I gave you? What about your gift? Hebrews chapter 6 verse 10. For God is not unjust to forget your work and the labor of love which you have shown toward his name. In that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. You know how careful I am not when I pick up this mic. The preparation that goes into it. And trying to systematically build people's lives. One of my friends got a hold of me from, from London yesterday. He says, all I'm trying to do is get water baptized and I can't find a place. I'm listening to you. I'm concerned about my soul. I said, we'll make, it, we'll make sure that you can get baptized. They'll come to you in London and you're going to get baptized. Because this is part of the reward of how you treat people and how you build people's lives. How you spent your time on the earth. You think that is, God's not going to judge you on that? Not a part of the process. Not a part of the buildings. Not a part of anything that you're doing. No, you just live for yourself. There's a judgment for that. Oh, at least I made it into heaven. Really? Luke chapter 8, 19 verse 11. Luke 19, 11. Are you still there this morning? 
And as they heard these things, he spoke another parable because he was near Jerusalem. I mean, how significant. He keeps on speaking about this. And because they thought the kingdom of God would appear immediately. So they asked about Jerusalem. We're going in there. We're going to rule over Jerusalem. And they're looking for the time of this thing. So Jesus is dealing with his kingdom. And he's dealing with Jerusalem. So he's speaking clearly to this place called the, the Mufkat Gate, which one is for judgment, the Ephraim Gate, which deals with fruitfulness. Therefore he said, a certain nobleman went into a far country to, to receive for himself a kingdom and to return. So he called ten of his servants and delivered to them ten miners, and he said to them, do business, do business until I come. The King James Version says, occupy until I come. Occupy is a military term. It means to advance and to hold. You're in a war. You are waking up every single day. We know you got peace, but you got peace to build something for your life. You got peace that God has given you so that you can occupy until he comes. Some of you are thinking Jesus is coming back tomorrow, so I'm going to get into debt, and so I'm not going to owe the banks anything. You better think again. Because you need to occupy until he comes. You can't sit and hang by your thumbs until Jesus comes. What are you going to do with the time that God has given you? What are you going to do with the gift that God has put on the inside of you? What are you going to do? What are you going to do with his local church? What are you going to do with the people that God has given you? How are you going to build something for the kingdom of God? You're going to clap your hands and not fold your hands this morning. At least clap your hands and respond this morning. <laughs> occupy until I come. Next verse, verse 14. But his citizens hated him. Have you ever seen the enemy hate people for being fruitful? You fight me because we're getting this on the land here. I mean, sit back and watch until the project fails. I'm telling you today, you're going to wait until Jesus comes because we're not going to fail. This project is going from glory to glory, from strength to strength. The people of God are going to go from glory to glory, to, from strength to strength. We're going to go from faith to faith. We're going to keep on building. You're thinking that the pandemic's stopping us? Go and have a look at the land, and you'll see people are working the land. What are we doing? We're occupying until Jesus comes. He'll come and find us working. He's going to find us moving. He's going to find us building. He's going to find us operating. Come on, shout yes. And sent a message after him saying, we will not have this man to reign over us. And it came to pass that when he was returned, that when he re was returned, please put it on the new King, new King James Version again. Having received the kingdom, he then commanded these servants to whom he had given the money to be called to him that he might know how much every man had gained by trading. What did you do with the gift on the inside of you? You know, I, I do not believe that I'm a five-star gift. I might, maybe, maybe two. Maybe two. There are some people that are so gifted. And they, their effort, five-star gifts, one-star effort. And they still look good. I can't afford that. Because I know my weakness. I know my fight mentally. To speak properly. To build some stuff. Every little thing, every moment counts for me. I can't waste 5,000. Not, not, we take, we got our budgets, I've been, I've been shoestring budgets all these years. 
Yet we still went to the schools. Yet we still got in, packed somebody's car. Come on, somebody. Then made some meals for somebody out in, in the schools. I, have you been a part of this church? Have you been a part of this church? Because everything about this church, every single year, we will go and we will make so many sacrifices. And yet there are people sitting with so much money and they're sitting back and said so they're holding on to their stuff. We've been using our gifts everywhere we go. Because the little that God has given us, we're saying, God, make this one at least two. At least two. And I've got to get up and I've got to prepare my sermons. I can't come out and just say, well, what, anybody know what the Lord's got to say this morning? There's got to be a word for God's people. And I know I've got to be prepared. I can't spend Saturday night somewhere else and just come here and give you a leftover something. I got to prepare. I got to build. I got to, I got to, I got to perfect my gift. I've got to work hard. Why? Because I'm in a kingdom and my gift must be developed. I'm preaching better than you saying amen. You don't even appreciate your pastor. You don't even appreciate what your pastors will do on a Saturday morning. Come back here on a Saturday morning and pray and help you. You need to clap your hands better than that, honestly. You need to, you need to learn how to, how to bless the anointing. You need to learn how to appreciate the gifts. You need to learn how to honor the people in the house of God. Come on, somebody. You've got to learn how to do that. Don't you live like the world? They don't, they're not interested in the kingdom. They want to dance to songs, but they're not interested in the power of God's kingdom and the gifts that are in your midst. One of the sons came to me this week and he just said, you know what? My children don't even honor me the way you honor me. You see stuff that my family don't see inside of me. We, you, you must learn how to honor. Because inside of you, when people walk through that door, I don't see you colored. I don't see you black. I don't see you male. And I don't see you female. I see you gifted by God. I believe in you. And I'll celebrate you. And yes, you messed up yesterday. And yes, you had an abortion. And yes, you got divorced. It does not matter in the kingdom of God. Your gift is what matters. And all that you have is a great future ahead of you because you are in the war and your life matters to God. I need somebody to clap their hands because this is how we deal with the people in this house. Your life matters to God. I don't care how many mistakes you've made. There's no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. Because while people are struggling with sin and saying, is God okay with me? They're wasting time not becoming fruitful. And the devil wants to keep you there. But you are the righteousness of God. And you can function in his kingdom. Then, the, then came the first saying, Master, your minor has earned ten minor." Minors. And he said to them, well done, good and faithful servant. Uh, because you have been faithful in, in, very, in a very little, have authority over ten cities. You think this is over. You think just one day you're going to go and float in the, on the clouds somewhere. I'll give you scripture to show you that this is wrong theology. And he said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. Authority, rule. Over 10 cities. What's he talking about? And the second came and said, Master, your miners earned five miners. Likewise, he said to him, you also be over five cities. 
according to his capacity is given them. Another came and said, Master, here's your minor, which I've kept, put away in a handkerchief. For I feared you, because you're an austere man. You collect what you did not deposit and reap what you did not sow. And he said to them, I'm so glad you just played it safe. Oh, I know you're from Cory, and there's so many challenges. Oh, you're from Cape Town. Oh, but I got divorced. Oh, yeah, I remember. He said to him, out of your own mouth, I will judge you. Mufkat gate. Judgment. You wicked servant. You knew that I was an austere man, collecting what I did not deposit and reaping what I did not sow. Why then did you not put my money in the bank? That at my coming, I might have collected it with interest. He said, take, he says, take this miner from him, give it to him as 10 miners. They said, but master, this man's got 10. Why didn't you just level the playing field? He says, you're kidding me. It doesn't work like that in the kingdom. God's going to always put his money and his gifting by people who know how to multiply things. And not just multiply, the one that will give him the highest return. For I say to you that everyone who has, who, who has will be given, and from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. But bring here those enemies of mine, they called enemies of God, who are unfruitful. You call an enemy of God if you don't want to work your gift. You call an enemy of God if you don't get part of God's system. There's judgment for those people. And that has been my greatest fear. That I would one day come before the Lord with nothing to show for my life. Nothing to show. Nothing. Did nothing for God. Never got involved in his system. Never got involved in his church. Never became fruitful. Built everything for myself. Look at... Look how many people are wasting their lives. God calls them enemies who did not want me to reign over them and slay them before me. What? What? Just because someone never used their gift. You're in a kingdom. And the reason why he saved you is so that you don't just get saved, but you're going to service. And take your gift and use it for the kingdom of God. You're not going to be judged for your sin. It was nailed to the cross. But what you're going to be judged for is what you did with your gift and what you did with your time. How we all have been given the thing that is fair is 24 hours. Everybody's been given it. What you did with yours, what I do with mine, that's where our rewards are coming from. I didn't say you work for your salvation. Salvation is free. There's a place where you're going to be judged for what you've done with your life. And that should shake every one of us. The Ephraim gate is fruitfulness. A faithful man will abound with blessing. If you are intelligent, listen to Dr. Miles. If you are intelligent, but you're not exercising your gift, you're probably going to be poor. If you're educated, but have not developed your talent, you're likely to be depressed, frustrated, and tired. Education in itself does not guarantee anything. It's your God-given gift.
that is the key to your success. Now clap your hands and thank the Lord. I want to get into the prison gate, but let me, let me get into something else here. Let's end this. I just feel the Holy Spirit going in a certain direction. Go with me to Revelations chapter 23. Revelations chapter 23 and verse 1. Oh, sorry. 21. There's no 23. 21 verse 1. Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth. It's coming. It's coming. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Also, there was no more sea. I can't understand that part. I've got, like, God, the sea is so beautiful for me. I don't figure that, but we'll leave that. I, God knows best. Then I, John, saw the holy city. What? A new Jerusalem. Coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. And he will dwell with them. And they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death. Can somebody praise the Lord? No sorrow. No crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. Then he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said to me, It's done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, and I will give of the fountain of the water of life freely to him who thirsts. He who overcomes shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. But the cowardly, that's why cowards, I'm telling you, we cannot act cowardly in the season. You cannot walk in fear. Somebody say no fear here. Unbelieving, abominable, murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Then one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls filled, bowls filled with the seven last plagues came to me and talked with me saying, Come, I will show you the bride, the lamb's wife. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain and showed me the great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God. A new Jerusalem's coming. Having the glory of God. This new Jerusalem. Her light was like a most precious stone. Wow. It's going to be glorious that day. Like a jasper stone. Clear as crystal. Also she had a great and high wall. With what? How many gates? Twelve gates. And, and what? Twelve angels at the gates. And names written on them which are the names of the 12 tribes of the children of Israel. 
Three gates on the east, three gates on the north, three gates on the south, three gates on the west. Now the wall of the city had 12 foundations. That's governmental order. God's going to fix the government of heaven. It's coming to the earth. I am telling you, these governments that are crazy, that are walking with democracies and changing laws, and people that are being controlled in governments, I am telling you, there is a kingdom that's unshakable, there's a kingdom that's uncursable and unstoppable. God intended a government from the beginning of time, but it's not built on democracy. It's built on a theocracy. It's one God, one rule, no vote. This is what is coming. And he is the king of kings. I need somebody to begin to understand the glory of the Lord is going to come upon this house because you're going to begin to understand this governmental order wherever we go. You're going to have to clap your hands. You're not going to be able to sit comfortably in your, in your chair anymore. You will not be able to. You're going to understand that something greater is coming. Something greater is coming. Now the wall keeps standing. I'm done. Now the wall of the city had 12 foundations and on them were the names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. They birthed this kingdom. They were the start of what God did. And he who talked with me had a gold reed to measure the, the city, its gates and its wall. The city is laid out as a square. Go past that. Give me verse 17. Then he measured its wall. Verse 18. The construction of its wall was of jasper. The city was pure gold like clear glass. I want to show you something. Verse 19. The foundations of the wall were adorned with all kinds of precious stones. The first foundation was jasper, the second and the like. Pick me up verse 22. But I saw no temple in it. This walls with Nehemiah in Jerusalem. There's a temple that was built in the middle of it. He says, the new Jerusalem has got no temple. There's no temple. For the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. I don't know if you're excited like I am for the return of Jesus Christ. I don't know if you're understanding that I'm excited for Jesus to come back. Even so, come Lord Jesus. The city had no need of the sun or of the moon to shine in it. For the glory of God illuminated it. The Lamb is its light. And the nations of those who are saved. Those who are saved shall walk in its light. And the kings of the earth. Everybody that's functioning in their gift. The kings of the earth shall bring their glory. And honor. You're supposed to bring yours. Coming in there and singing. Jerusalem. You are supposed to come with your gift. You are supposed to present your life. And say I understand. The new Jerusalem. I understand. That I'm part of the kings in the earth. I am concerned that people don't think. That the end is coming. I am concerned that people don't think that their lives don't count for anything or that you can take your gift and hide it. I am concerned that you don't think that one day we're all going to present our lives before the Lord. Its gates shall not be shut at all by day because there's no night there. And they shall bring the glory and the honor 
of the nations into it. All that you've done through the nations, all that your life's supposed to count for, you were supposed to present your gift, your life, your time, and say, Lord, here it is. You can't come and walk before the Lord and say, well, at least I know how to do the dance moves, Jerusalem. What the hell? And you did it with some food in your hand. Come on. This is not home. But there shall be, there shall by no means enter it anything that defiles or causes an abomination or a lie. But only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. In a holy reverence, stand to your feet. Straight away, there should be an adjustment right now. Right now, there should be a change. Right now, there should be a shift. If you're not saved, there should be a shift. If you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, there should be a shift. If your name is not within the Lamb's book of life, you should be saying, God, I need to know you. There's a holiness in this place. The fear of the Lord in this place. If you've never made Him the Lord of your life, today is the day of salvation. The second group of people is that you've, if you've been prodigal and wasting your time with prodigal living out in the world. You've got to make the adjustment and come back home. The third group of people, you've done nothing with your life for God. Nothing. Lived for you all your life. The kingdom doesn't benefit from your gift, your finances, your time. You've done nothing for God. This day of pretending is gone. It's time that you become serious about being in the war, being built up like a living stone so that the God can get extract glory for your life, from your life. That your life will bring Him glory. We're all repenting this morning and revisiting our schedule, re-looking at our bank accounts, where our money goes to, we are, how we spend our time. Father, I pray this morning. Our hands are lifted. I pray this morning, Father, that a fresh reverential fear of the Lord will come upon this church and everybody under the sound of my voice. Father, I pray for anybody and everybody that doesn't know you I pray that today they will meet with you. Confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. Believe in your heart that he died on the cross. And the Bible says you're saved. If you've been prodigal and far from God, it's time to come back. Get your life built up for the kingdom of God. It's time for you to make right to the Lord. If you've been wasting your time, still looking for the job, 
still going to sleep around and mess around with someone else. Not understanding that there is a purpose for why you were born. He's coming back. He's coming back. And there's a reason for your existence. And there's a purpose why He saved you. And there's a gift on the inside of you. Stop bearing what God has given you. You might not think you have anything. I'm telling you, you are anointed. You have something on the inside of you for this world that Jesus can use. Even if you're a little boy with 12 loaves of bread, five loaves of bread, two fish. God will take it, multiply it, bless the world with your gift. I pray today that the anointing will come upon you, that you will sense the love of the Father, that you use your gift for His glory. I pray to, that the Lord touches you and blesses you and keeps you for His kingdom and for His glory. Don't bury your life anymore. Take your gift. Use it for His kingdom. Use it for His glory. In Jesus' name. Can we take a moment to worship the Lord? Second John chapter 1, verse 8. Second John, verse 8. Look, read with me please. Look to yourselves that we do not lose those things we worked for, but that we may receive a full reward if you can have a full reward it also means you can have a half a partial reward or you can have no reward it's shifting from today I'm asking God for mercy for anybody under the sound of my voice that you will not fold your hands anymore but that you will really lift your hands toward heaven and make yourself and say, Father, 
there is something in my life. There's a deposit inside of me. And I want to use it for your kingdom and for your glory. I am gifted. I am forgiven. I have peace. But I now need to build my life for your kingdom and for your glory. Thank you for the anointing this morning. In Jesus' name. And I believe God will hear you this morning. If you say amen, then God will do what he said he's going to do.